and praise you for your goodness to us. All the blessings that have been reported here tonight, we thank you that you are working, you are providing, you are protecting us and keeping us in your way. In your name we pray. Amen. Brother Franz, out. And the rest of us, let's take our Bibles and go to Psalm 37. Psalm 37. And uh, we have commands for life in this psalm. It's one of the great psalms. And also, uh, as, as I was looking over, I, uh, commands and songs actually would be the name of this. As God gives his commands, then he, he takes as typical of Hebrew poetry and he And the author here, a psalm of David, is bouncing back and forth the difference between the evildoer and the righteous. And so we'll try to get through this psalm tonight. And uh, we start in verse 1 and uh, with command number 1 and 2, Fret not thyself because of evildoers. Command number two, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. I looked up that word fret in in, uh, the Oxford English Dictionary, and uh, there are actually four different verbs in the English language uh, that's fret, and and they all mean different things. uh, uh, Andrew was playing the guitar. He was fretting. Uh, that's not what this is talking about. You're allowed to fret on your banjo or guitar, a long-necked instrument. Uh, that's not what it... But, uh, and, and fret also means to worry. But this word, both in the Hebrew and in the English, means to consume yourself. To be hot, to, to burn yourself. And... Uh, my first thought was ulcers. You know, that, that's what the word fret means, to give yourself an ulcer, to consume. You know, if you're not careful, uh, your body will digest itself, will destroy itself. And people worry. Uh, I remember meeting a person very soon after uh, 9-11 had happened right here on the block, and was talking to him. And, and he says, I don't go out of the house anymore. I don't go anywhere. He was destroying himself because of evildoers. I even met some preachers. I don't get on airplanes anymore. I don't fly anywhere. And, you know, I'm going, uh, God is in control. I mean, if, but I don't make needless trips. I don't get on a plane and fly just because I want to go somewhere. Uh, Usually there's a purpose. Uh, Most of the time when I'm going somewhere, it's either a preacher's meeting or something to do with Heartland. Uh, It's about 90% of my travel. And and I remember, uh, some of you will remember Brother Nielsen. And uh, he taught me so much about New York City and, and just living here. He said, when I first met him, yeah, he said, now, I said, now, aren't there just certain parts of the city that you shouldn't go? And he said, there are certain parts of the city that uh, you shouldn't go to. 
But I go wherever I need to go. And I remember later, I may have even told Brother Mike this when he came. I said, you know, Brother Mike, there are just certain parts of the city you ought not go yet. But when you need to go there, the Lord will protect you and keep you. But if you don't need to go there, don't go. Amen? But fret not thyself because of evildoers. Don't consume yourself. Don't sit there and worry about what's going to happen. And here's the opposite of that. Neither be envious against the workers of iniquity. Isn't it amazing how these opposites work together? You're sitting there worried about what the evildoers are going to do to you. And the next thing you know, wouldn't it be nice to be just a little bit like John Gotti? You know, just walk in, tell everybody what they do, and they just do what you say. And people do that. They're totally opposites. And if we're not careful, we'll do both of them. The Bible says that we're not to do either one. You see, they soon shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as a green herb. God's going to give you a reason why you don't need to fret over the evildoers. They're not going to be around very long. Don't be envious at what you think the workers of iniquity have gotten because they're not going to be around very long to enjoy it. And then we go to the, second, the third command in verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. And here's the promise that goes along with it. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. You know, there, people are all the time, you hear on the radio, buy uh, special dried food that will last for years and years. And you can store all of this stuff. Uh, I remember when I was a, uh, a kid, I don't know where it happened, but how we got this, but the army was getting rid of all of the K rations left over from the Korean War. And, and I mean, some of these cans were 20 and 30 years old. And they had peaches and different things. You know what? It was still good. Uh, I know it because I ate them. Uh, they weren't quite as good as mom's home canned peaches. But, I mean, it, it was, it was uh, very enjoyable. And, and you always felt like you were an army man. You just sat there and opened up the green can and enjoyed that thing. Uh, but don't stock up food. Don't worry about all of these things. If you want to be fed, trust in the Lord and do good. Look at the next one, one of the most twisted verses in all the Bible. Verse 4, command. Delight thyself also in the Lord. Now, that's a command. Now, the, the thing that we think that we're doing is sometimes we gin up this delight. <sighs> Prayer meeting. I'm going to enjoy it tonight. It's going to be good. Yes, yes, I'm going to delight in the Lord. That's not delighting in the Lord. If I said, I remember one time we, we had our annual business meeting, and I thought, well, what we'll do is something special. So I went up to the bakery, and I got about eight different cakes. How many people remember that one? And we cut those things up, and I mean, there was cannoli cake and 
and German cherry dark chocolate something or other. I'll tell you what, that was almost ungodly what happened at the dessert table. I mean, parched earth. You know, I didn't have to tell anybody to delight themselves at the dessert table. It happened without even telling people. In fact, I think I said, now let's, let's be cautious here and be careful so that everybody gets some. And, and boy, I mean, it was just gone. Now, how do we do that in the Lord? How, how do we get there? How does the Lord become the sweetest thing in our life? Well, let's go back to the beginning here. Do you think if we weren't fretting and we weren't envious and we were trusting in the Lord and doing good, that it might be easier to delight in the Lord? Stop and think about all the good things that God has done in your life. I'll tell you what, I can't name one good thing in my life that God isn't responsible for. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He will give thee the desires of thine heart. So you mean if I get to this point, preacher, where I love the Lord, I'm going to get a brand new Cadillac? No, that's not what it's talking about. The Lord is going to change the desires of your heart. So that when He does what He wants to do, it will be the greatest thing that has ever happened to you. I remember Sarah, when she was young, she was starting to think about this marriage thing and all of this. And and uh, and she says... But Dad, will he be ugly? I don't know if Chad qualifies for that or not. I'm not sure. But uh, the last time I talked to her, I said something about Chad. And she said, he's so cute, isn't he? (laughs) You see, that's what the Bible means. Delight thyself also in the Lord. And he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. He'll do a whole lot better job than you ever thought about doing. Verse 5 says, Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust in Him. And He shall bring it to pass. I, I remember talking to a preacher friend and we were just in the process of buying the building. We'd put the first down payment down and, and uh, I was trying to raise the first, the, uh, the, uh, first $200,000 and I ran into this preacher and began to talk to him. He says, why are you worried? He said, God has given you all the money for the down payment. He's going to finish the work. And my first thought was, yeah, but you aren't on the line if he doesn't. I mean, that was where I was. But then 
Later on, I looked at this verse and it says, You commit your way, you trust also, and he will bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. God wants to make an example of you in your life to other people. But listen, you've got to commit your way unto the Lord. You've got to go where He wants you to do. You've got to be where He wants you to be. Now, verse 7 says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. I think that's one of the hardest things to do in the Bible. Rest in the Lord. It always seems that I'm running ahead of the Lord. I would like to see Him do something. And I remember praying and praying, Lord, I, I, I want, uh, uh, want you to give us a permanent place. And, and my wife thought I was going crazy and I almost drove her crazy. Uh, I'll tell you what, I looked at every available building in Astoria. I promise you. Uh, I had the zoning map memorized. Uh, the people at the building department knew me at a first name basis. Oh, you got another one, preacher. Let me, let me see what you got there. And, uh, and then when the Lord finally did do something, it was like, oh, that's too big. That, that's so much more than we ever thought about. Lord, that, that can't be your will. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for Him, and then we get another fret. Fret not thyself because of Him who prospereth in His way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. I mean, here you are, And I, I remember this happening as trusting and trying to wait patiently for the Lord to, to give us the money to buy for the building. And then I ran into another person and quote-unquote in the ministry and they were bringing in, uh, they were going, yeah, yeah, I'm going to retire. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave uh, the ministry, I'll have about $350,000 in my bank account. And I'm sitting here going. You know, you can, you can get upset about those things. Because he was just going to go, sit back, take it easy, and do nothing for the Lord with money that came into him from the Lord's work. And I'm not going to tell you who it was. You, you don't even know the guy. But I will tell you this. I wouldn't trade places for him for twice that much money. Ten times that much money. Because he, it didn't turn out very good. You know, there are people who do things and can arrange even things in the service of the Lord to make things very nice for themselves. And if you're not careful, you'll get upset about the wrong things that other people are doing. It looks like they're getting their way and they're getting everything that you wish that you need. Let me tell you something. 
doesn't work that way. You rest in the Lord. You wait patiently for Him and don't consume yourself on what other people are doing. Look at verse 8, the next command. Cease from anger, forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. How many of you have ever been really cut off in traffic? I mean dangerous. And you sit there and go, I'm going to do that to him. I remember the story of one preacher. He told the story on himself. He was driving and uh, he got into a lane and all of a sudden this guy cut him off. And he decided to, I'm going to. I'm going to show this guy. So he cuts him off. He said the next thing he knew, the guy cut him off so close, it was just minuscule from an accident. And he was just, I mean, boiling. And then he looked ahead and found out he'd cut in on a funeral procession. Not a nice thing to do. You know something? Cease from anger, forsake wrath, and don't try to get even. It is not going to help. You see, we now begin the first song. Here's why you don't do that. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. You know what? Vladimir Putin's not going to be in charge when Jesus shows up. Neither the Democrats, amen? Or the Republicans, praise God. None of them are going to be in charge. Jesus is. The meek are going to inherit the earth. And it says, And shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. And we go back. The wicked plotteth against the just and gnasheth on him with his teeth. Verse 13. The Lord shall laugh at him. For he seeth that his day is coming. The wicked again have drawn out the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and the needy and to slay such as be of upright conversation. The answer Their sword shall enter into their own heart, and their bows shall be broken. Verse 16, A little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked. Can you say amen to that song? Then we start again. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholdeth the righteous. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. Here's the wicked again. But the wicked shall perish, and the enemy of the Lord shall be as the fat of lambs. They shall consume into smoke, shall they consume away. The wicked borroweth and payeth not again, but the righteous showeth mercy and giveth. For such as be blessed of him shall inherit the earth, and they shall not be cursed of him, and they that shall be cursed of him shall be cut off. 
The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Depart from evil, next command, and do good and dwell forevermore. You know, there's so much of this psalm that doesn't need explaining, does it? I mean, it's just right there. The blessings and the judgment that God shows. And we come here to verse 28. He tells us why to depart from evil and do good. He says, for the Lord loveth judgment and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein forever. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom and his tongue talketh of judgment. The law of God is in his heart and none of his steps shall slide. The wicked watcheth the righteous and seeketh to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand nor condemn him when he is judged. Our next command, wait on the Lord and keep his way. And he shall exalt thee to inherit the land when the wicked are cut off. Thou shalt see it. Now verse 35 through the end is the last song. Here it says, I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a green bay tree. Yet he passed away, and lo, he was not. Yea, I sought him, but he could not be found. Last command, mark the perfect man and behold the upright. For the end of that man is peace. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. Now, I love Psalm 37. It's just one of those... Wonderful, wonderful chapters in the Bible. And yet there is so much that we need to do that this psalm talks about. There, there's so many things that in those first nine verses, and then, then we get into the eight verses actually, then we get into the songs of going back and forth. And the reason those songs are put in there as the wicked and the evildoer is contrasted with the righteous, is to help us understand there are some things, there are some choices that you and I need to make on a daily basis. We, we must choose not to fret. We, we must make a choice not to be envious. We must choose to trust in the Lord. And as we do those things, the Lord will become our delight. We must commit our way to the Lord. Rest in Him, it tells us in verse 7. And wait patiently for Him. Fret not because of those that prosper due to their wickedness. Cease from anger 
Forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. Now, if you were to take those first eight commands, and nine commands actually, in the first eight verses there, and just put them in your memory, put them in your heart, and think about them as you go through the week, I'll promise you something. You're going to say, oops, I didn't do that. Uh Uh-oh, I broke this one. Because these are things that we have to choose each and every day. And sometimes multiple times in the day. And yet, as we read this, we see that God says He's going to do this and He's going to do that. But I want us to come down here to verse uh, 23. It says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. You see, there are some things in our life that only God can do. But God won't do them until we do these things that we are supposed to do. Once we make those right choices, how is the Lord going to order our steps? Well, let me tell you something. If you're not fretting because of the uh, evildoers, if you're not envious of the wicked, if you're trusting in the Lord, if you're delighting yourself in Him, if you're waiting patiently on Him, if you're not sitting there worrying and trying to figure out how you're going to make things right, It's going to be very easy for the Lord to direct your steps one at a time. But you know something? Even if the Lord is directing our steps, look at that next verse, verse 24 there. Though he fall, you know what? You're going to slip even trying to serve the Lord. Even if you do these things, there are going to be times when, when we stumble, when, when we mess things up. But what does it say? Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Sometimes it's good just to pray. Lord, open my eyes to see things you're doing in my life that I'm not aware of. You know, I believe the Lord wants to answer that prayer. He wants us to think about things and be and notice what He does because His hand is there always. God is keeping us 24 hours a day. He does not rest. He doesn't need rest. He's never too busy solving other people's problems that He's not protecting you and keeping you in His love. I mean... What other God? You you talk about all the things in the Bible and and this whole idea of saints and special people that has been developed over the centuries, it is all due to the reasoning of men. Well, God's too busy to take care of everybody, so He's got to have helpers. You know what? I'm thankful that I don't need to pray to a whole bunch of people. I can pray directly to God. And He's got time to hear every prayer. And He's even doing things that I'm not smart enough to pray about. Amen? 
And he's, and David says, now here's my testimony. He said, I was young. He said, now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Nor a seed begging bread. You know what? David went through some pretty dark waters, did he not? David had some really dark days when he was running from Saul. And later in his life when he was running from his own son Absalom. I mean, there, there was just... And I mean, how would you like to have Joab as your number two man? I mean, that's a scary thought. Uh, I mean, as long as you were giving Joab something good to do, Joab was good. But when he wasn't busy, I mean, there were some bad things that were happening uh, because of Joab, I mean, he, he, was, he did not have a good end. And here is David, and he says, He is ever merciful, and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. God is always there. He always will give us, but we need to understand something. That he uses the word lendeth there. When you lend something to someone... What is the ideal that's connected with that? It it means that you're supposed to pay it back now, doesn't it? Well, how in the world do we pay God back? Well, that's real easy, isn't it? He gives us what we need so we can serve Him the next day. That's how you repay the Lord. That's what this is talking about. The Lord gives us things for a purpose. He gives us His Spirit. He gives us the Holy Spirit of God so that we can pray, so that we can be sustained in this life, so that we cannot get discouraged, so that we can depart from evil and do good. And the Lord loves judgment and He is going to keep us. You know, the wicked are busy. Have you ever played chess against someone that is really good? You ever tried that? I mean, you just feel like a two-year-old. I'm sitting here putting all this thought process into this thing, and I'm thinking two and three moves ahead, and I know exactly what he's going to do, but he's thinking eight moves ahead. And I'm had before I even know what's going on. Isn't that the way you feel sometimes in this world? But you've got to understand something. We're not as smart as the devil is. You try to play his game, he's going to beat you every time. So don't play the game. Just do what the Lord says. You know, I learned a long time ago, people said, but... Pastor, you don't know what they're doing to me where I work. They're, they're playing mind games. I said, I got out of that a long time ago. How did you get out of that? Well, it's real easy. I gave my mind to the Lord, so I don't have one anymore. So you can't play with it. Uh, there's just nothing there. You say, well, what's the practical part? If I'm trusting in the Lord, if I'm doing these things that are commanded... I'm not worried about what they're doing. It doesn't bother me. 
Don't you know that they're trying to get you fired? I worked in a job where one of my nurses was trying to get me fired. Because I wouldn't laugh at the dirty jokes in the, in the break room. And I wouldn't participate in all the things that they wanted to do. You know what? She got fired the week before I left. And they said, are you going to stay now that so-and-so got fired? I said, that's not the reason I'm leaving. The reason I'm leaving is because the other nursing home I'm going to work at is only five miles away instead of 13. It was a lot closer. And also, I wouldn't have to put up with all the stuff because if it wasn't her, it would be somebody else. Amen. But you just... Follow this. Look at verse 37. Verse 34 and 37 here. It says, Wait on the Lord and keep His way. You just keep doing right. Verse 37. Mark the perfect man and behold the upright. For the end of that man is peace. You know, this is a psalm of David. And when I think of David's life, I love to think about those mighty men that followed him. You know what they did early on? They marked David. And they followed him. And you know what? When it was all done, it was those same mighty men. Now, I imagine... They were a little stoop-shouldered and gray-headed and gray-bearded at that point. Some of them were older than David. Some of them were a little younger. But David was 70 years old at this time, and he was dying. And he said, Solomon is going to reign after me. And all those mighty men got back on their armor and whatever uniforms they had. And they marched Solomon down the way to the temple to crown him. You know, because there's another son of David, Adoniram, who is trying to be king. But he didn't call the mighty men. He had Joab. But you know, those men were following David. And that thing could have erupted in civil war. But it didn't. It ended in peace. You mark that man. You know what? That's what church is about, is it not? It's to encourage us to do righteousness and just simply obey the Word of God. God is going to do what we can't do. Look what it says here. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. The Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them. Because they trust in Him. You know, that really is a commentary 
Matthew chapter 18, when Jesus said, Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. You see the connection there? God's going to deliver them because they trust in Him for no other reason. You know, I think of the little children. They're not worried about Congress. They're not worried about all the things that are going on around us. Because if they're in a home with parents that love them and care for them, they're not worried about anything except who took my toy and things little children get upset about. You know what? That's where God wants us. To just simply trust in Him. Because He's going to do it. Do you realize that God will, if you are saved tonight, God will take you to heaven whether you enjoy the trip or not. He's not going to give up on you. He's not going to drop you. But wouldn't it be good just to enjoy the trip? And that's what this psalm's all about. And all God's people said. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Psalm 37. We thank You for the incredible things that are in it. The promises that are there. Lord, the things that we need to do that unlock the door to enjoy the things that You will do regardless of who we are. We thank and praise You, Lord. Before we finish that prayer, we'll take just a moment. If you need to slip out of your seat and spend a few moments at the altar, the altar is open. Let's talk to the Lord tonight.